Two Springfield Classic Rock. It's 535 at Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is going to be a crap day today. Rainy, thunderstorms, there's a possibility of high gusty winds and hail and a high of 79 tonight, partly cloudy. Slight chance of shower, low of 60 tomorrow. A little bit better, partly cloudy and a high of 83. 67 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. This morning, we're going to talk to an author who's written a whole thick stack of books. Uh, best-selling crime novelist Isabella Maldonado. She's got a uh, she's the author of the book The Cipher, which is going to be turned into a, a Netflix film, and uh, her Nick, her new book, A Killer's Game, getting big fat reviews right now. So we'll be talking to her after seven o'clock, and also your chance to win uh, another pair of tickets to the Southwick National Pro Motocross Championship in Southwick on July eighth. Huge event. Those tickets can be yours a little bit later on. There's that, and there's some other stuff too. Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Live in concert. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 553 in ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, thunderstorms throughout the day today with a high of 77. Now get this, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, sunshine. Nice. Yeah. And then all of next week, it's just those cl- those gray clouds with rain coming out of them. Ah, good, yeah. It's uh, 68. We don't even have enough for 69 giggity in downtown yeah, Springfield. That's not right. Hey, uh, Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Rejoice! Ryan Seacrest will be taking over for Pat Sajak! Oh, boy. Good decision. That didn't take too long, did it? No, it didn't take uh, it didn't take long, and I didn't expect that he would be the guy. But you know, we're at the point now where Ryan Seacrest has become the Nickelback of game show hosts. Yeah, what uh, what is the appeal with this guy? I mean, I know he's probably just he made a lot of money at some point. Probably has a lot of influence. But it's like, well, why would you want to keep working so much? Well, you know, I mean, uh, I know for me, when I leave here at about uh, nine fifty-eight every yeah. morning. I'm uh, I'm on my way home, and I'm kind of done for the day. Yeah. You know, when Ryan does his stupid little radio show, he spends the next 15 hours of the day doing more stuff. Okay, but you do too. You go home, you do your fun bag show, you interview some people, you you, you do your uh, the musical podcast. You you do you do extra stuff, but you don't stretch yourself so thin that you can't. Uh, I don't know. Like, what kind of life is that? I don't know, but uh, when you sit right down and you look at his net worth, yeah, and you realize that he's followed that that Dick Clark path, yeah, um, it's hard to kind of look at that and not think whether or not someone should do a wellness check on uh, Brian Dunkelman. Yeah, you know what would really like uh, kind of stick it to him? Vanna White going, you know what? See you later. You can do this all by yourself, boy. I bet you that would cause an uproar among the uh, the old people who watch Wheel of Fortune. Actually, there's been kind of an uproar already. People are kind of uh, had enough of Ryan Seacrest. Like, he's overexposed. Yeah. I can't believe that Pat Sajak still... I still can't believe that fact that he makes like four times more than, than Vanna White does. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's the glass ceiling working there for you. 
Well, of course, Ryan says, I'm truly humbled to be stepping into the footsteps of the legendary Pat Sajak and Dick Clark and all the other people oh that has come along. It's been a privilege and uh, pure joy to watch Pat and Vanna on our television screens for the unprecedented 40 years, making us smile every night and feeling right at home with them. One of my first jobs was hosting a little game show called Click for Merv Griffin 25 years ago. This is truly a full circle moment, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Think about this for a second. First of all, I didn't know he worked for Merv Griffin. Secondly, his net worth, even before he signed on the dotted line, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know if he's actually signed a contract for Wheel of Fortune, is already $450 million. That's insane. I mean, at what point do you say, okay, you know what? I think, I think I've uh, I've chewed off enough. Four hundred fifty million dollars for how long? Does it say? Uh, I don't know. I mean, when did uh, when did American Idol start? Oh God, two thousand three. Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. so crazy. for twenty years he's accumulated four hundred fifty million dollars, and now he's going to be on one of the highest profile game shows in America. Uh, well, if you know, obviously, who Ryan Seacrest is, maybe you'll know who the Superman is. Uh, the new Superman. His name is David Corn Sweat. Corn Sweat? Yeah. So Ever the, have Corn Sweat? So, yes, I have. You know, the new Superman is a, is a guy nobody's ever heard of. But that didn't that how that all went for uh, all those other Supermans? Did you know who Dean Cain was? No. Did anyone Did- know who Christopher Reeve was? I don't know. I, no. That, no, nobody knew nobody who he knew. was beforehand. He wasn't in uh, anything else that anybody would recognize him for? Not before Superman. Uh, well, his name is David Corin Sweat, and he uh, played the projectionist in the horror movie Pearl. Never saw that. He also appeared on shows like House of Cards and Elementary, and now he's in the lead uh, He's the lead in the upcoming Superman Legacy, which is being written and directed by DC bigwig James Gunn himself. Uh, Lois Lane has also been cast, and she's much more recognizable. Rachel Brosnahan of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so they well at least so you're somebody recognizable at least. Well, movie. I mean, I like that show. Mrs. Maisel was a good show, right? But is it? But they had to like put somebody in there, like nobody knew is going to know who this guy is. As well, Superman. It's the same thing with uh, with the Christopher Reeve Superman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, had they not put Gene Hackman and Marlon Brando in that film, who would have watched it? Uh, I don't know. Not, you, not, not with the numbers like that that they got when they released that first rec- that, that first uh, movie. Oh man, that Gene Hackman, he was a good actor. I love Gene Hackman. Yeah. I like Marlon Brando too. Uh our clip from 2000, a 2009 clip from Mythbusters is going viral because they did a test on how an underwater implosion would destroy the human body. We're way too obsessed with this ocean game thing. <laughs> we really yeah, are. We are. Uh, yeah, they made a fake person out of pig parts, including bones, muscle, fat, skin, and guts. They put it in a diving suit, sunk it 300 feet underwater, and let nature and pressure take its course. And of course, it is pretty gruesome. For the record, a professor says, quote, The reenactment has very little in common with the last moments of the Dune Titan sub-passengers who authorities said were instantaneously killed at much greater depths and under much higher pressure. Uh, they probably have no idea what happened. Like just, I almost want. I mean, I'm. I do and I don't. I almost kind of want to see the video of of what happened with the, the pig parts. Yeah. Just just because I'm I'm curious, you know what, that kind of water pressure does. Curiosity killed the backs, cat. Yes, it did. Yeah. So don't do something you don't you don't want to know the answer to. Yeah, all right.
Uh, Elon Musk's mother has already made it clear she doesn't want her son fighting Mark Zuckerberg, and his father isn't thrilled with the idea either. He says, quote, this uh, thing, this thing is, if is, the thing is, if this crazy fight goes ahead, if Elon beats this guy, Elon will be called a bully, being so much heavier and taller, while if he loses, the humiliation would be total. It's a no-win situation for Elon. I think Elon would kick his ass, frankly. I think Elon would kick his ass, too. And uh, Kim Kardashian went to the zoo and uh, spent a lot of time in the snake cage. Really? Yeah. She almost had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had anything this slithery and wet was when Ray J fed me snake chowder from the caviar trumpet from that <laughs> sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. Do you ever have the caviar trumpet? <laughs> no. I, well, I have a caviar, but not from a trumpet. Remember we talked about that dizzy galipsy thing yesterday <laughs> <laughs> or the other day? Uh, Caitlin? I never got that down and dirty with your mother, uh, Chris Kim, but I once uh, had some fallopian goulash. <laughs> a little grundle a la mode. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I had an open-faced gyro with extra tzatziki sauce. <laughs> is that how you say that? Is it? Oh, I thought it was tzatziki yeah, it's sauce. T- it's tzatziki, but it's, but it's gyro. Well, you don't pronounce the Z with the T-Z. <laughs> you don't pronounce the G either. Uh, listen... <laughs> Try finding the G first, and then you can pronounce it. I've been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, my friend. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Prime Day is coming July 11th and 12th with two days. Some repairs cannot be completed in just a few days. So call us today, and your vehicle will be ready for summer vacation. Colonial Auto Service, 631 North Main Street in East Long Meadow. At the back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock.
bit hot tonight. I can barely see the road from the heat coming up. Reach down between my legs. Ease the seat back. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 614, and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, it is going to be rainy today. Thunderstorms possible. High of 77. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 68. One less than 69, giggity. Yeah, Downtown yeah. Springfield. Uh, hey, actually, you know, the weather this weekend would uh, be nice for a cocktail or two. Or 21. <laughs> Why? Yeah, who can just stop at one? Um do you have the story? Or you want me to go? I'll, I'll read it for okay. you. A, uh, a UK man on vacation with his family in Jamaica died after attempting to partake in a challenge that involved drinking all 21 cocktails featured on a bar's menu. <laughs> Timothy Southern, Southern Comfort, I guess you could say, had finished 12 of the menu's various cocktails when he returned to his hotel room at the Royal Decameron Club Caribbean in uh, St. Anne where he later died. A pathologist in Kingston said the 53-year-old Staffordshire man's death was uh, acute gastroenteritis due to alcohol consumption. Staffordshire area coroner Emma Serrano ruled his death was alcohol-related, the outlet reported. An initial investigation into Southern's death found that he had been drinking brandy and beer throughout the morning. At some point during the day, Southern met two Canadian women celebrating a birthday. The uh, women told them they were trying to complete the 21 cocktail challenge before midnight as part of their festivities. <laughs> it was not immediately clear how quickly Southern consumed the 12 cocktails. His family members, who were on the trip with him, said they tried in vain to help him. He was on his back choking. I put him in the recovery position and screamed for an ambulance. He was making a gurgling sound. As soon as he was in the recovery position, he vomited. I was shouting his name with no response. See, it was funny all the way up until this point. Yeah, right. Uh, the family has since expressed outrage and dissatisfaction with the emergency crews who tried to save him in his hotel, claiming they were unprepared to effectively take care of him. When the nurse arrived, I said uh, an ambulance had been called, and she said no. I had an ambulance been called, and she said no. I thought she would take over, but that was not the case. I noticed he was starting to lose temperature. I checked his pulse, and I couldn't find it, the relative said. Uh, she said he had a pulse. I was starting to lose it. I got a full look at his face, and I thought he had passed away. The relative claimed that the nurse was not adequately trained in mm. providing life-saving measures. I said, I don't just sit there looking at him. Start CPR. She only gave him uh, chest compressions. Maybe if she had known what was he was doing, he would still be here. Uh, the grieving relative had the service and treatment he received was disgusting. Okay, let's take away the sad tragedy Yeah, the, sad, the, the, the tragedy yeah. part. Let's let's just focus on, uh, on, the, uh, the, on the business at hand. 12 out of 21 cocktails. Yeah. That's less than 40%. What yeah. an amateur. I know. This guy couldn't. Uh, you would have never have made it at uh, Blarney Bash, my no, friend. No, you would not. Ever. In fact, you wouldn't even have made it uh, through the road race in Holyoke. Here, here's the thing, though. It, people don't realize how deadly alcohol is. <laughs> like, they really don't. There's, I mean, especially when you get a kid who, 
how this guy wasn't even a kid though. No, was, the, uh, actually, there's a there's pictures of the guy, and but, he looks like he's probably uh, you know late forties, early fifties. Yeah, probably trying to impress the two Canadian chicks that he picked up. Yeah, at the bar. The <laughs> when you go to like a brewery or something. And they have, like, uh, certain breweries have, like, glasses that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like uh, the mug club kind oh, of yes, thing. Oh, yes, like your reserve the mug. And then, like, you can have, you know, some of them have a little car that you can check off all the ones. That's not meant for you to drink all of them that day. That's why they make you bring the glass home. <laughs> like, here, have two of these, and then you're done, and then come back, and you can have two more. It's to get people back into the bar. Who is the person serving this man 21 drinks? Well, they didn't. They only got up to 12. But this is the challenge that this was but, the, that was being promoted by this bar. But, That's the crazy part about it. Well, because it's Jamaica, and they probably have a lot of different rules about what they can do as far as promotions and things like that. I think this is probably the end of the promotion. Maybe. Maybe. Um, the guy was 53. So here's, here's the thing. No guy who is stone cold sober yeah is going to start off a challenge like this no this guy was probably already half in the bag before he said you know what i want to do the 21 well, shot challenge it said he had been drinking beer and brandy all, all day yeah. right exactly and so he, then started the challenge so if you spent a full day of day drinking yeah and you know it's not just you know wine or beer but you're you know there's plenty of hard liquor in you already yeah. and you're your quest is to drink 21 cocktails. Nobody could survive that. No no human being could, could really you know, endure that kind of punishment of all that poison being you know, ingested into your system. You know, there, there, there has been a couple of times in my youth where I came pretty close to probably needing a hospital visit because sure. of the alcohol consumption that I did. I know there was a time and it was like the last... The first year I was living on campus at a college, which was probably the most dangerous thing that ever happened in my drinking career. Um, <laughs> or, or the most productive. Well, it catapulted my drinking career. Of course. Um, that that was pretty scary because, like, that was one of these things where I was kind of left to my own vices for a little while by myself and consumed, like, six beers on my own mm-hmm. and then and then went out went out with a bunch of people to Kahunaville. do you remember Kahunaville? i remember Kahunaville. and uh drank shots of goldschlager and probably two of those big ass beers that they used to sell like 32 ounces or whatever <laughs> to the point where i went into the bathroom yeah. and threw up then came back out to the bar and ordered another beer and you threw up all that gold yeah. schlager, so it must have looked like a spray of glitter. To then have, yes, it did look like, it was very much, it was a very sparkly. <laughs> oh, I uh, bet it yeah. was. Um, even, I, I think even the gold trader was interested in some of the <laughs> sample that was there. That's how much gold schlager was there. Um, but uh, to, to, to then have one of my floor mates uh, say... He's got to go back. Like, we got to take him back to campus. So the sober one drove me back to school <laughs> to the point. And then we get to the uh, – I, I don't remember any of this. Right. I, I don't remember any of this part about the cop. But people filled you in. She pulls up to the entrance of Westfield State to drive to our dorm, and the, and the cop looks in the car and goes, well, what's going on with him? Well, he lives here. Oh, no, he ain't coming in here. Like, <laughs> like get him out of here. This girl went, good for her, 
she went around and she drove across the quadrangle at Westfields too. When it when it, you, I don't know if you call it a quadrangle, but it's like right. the, the center area there of the campus. Drove across that <laughs> to get me a sober person yeah. drove across the, the the green to get me to the dorm. Now I don't remember going. I remember going in the dorm and then having like one of these like uh, security officers. Uh, they were gonna like. PC me like uh, protective custody for the sure. night. Take me, you know, and we kind of like stopped them from doing that mm-hmm. because I was getting like um, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Agitated, belligerent. agitated, belligerent. Sure. You know that kind of crap. You know, so uh, I, and then I passed out, and then I I woke up the next morning, and I had thrown up in my sleep. Oh and yeah, I, and I, and it was on. It was disgusting. It was it was probably one of the worst like moments of my life. You know, to wake up in a pile of your own vomit and and still be alive to tell everybody about it's it. It's actually worse to wake up in somebody else's. It was horrible. It yeah. was it was it was it was the worst one of the worst experiences I had because I, I probably had a hangover for about three days after that. I was having a conversation with my uh, my father the other night and <laughs> we were talking about when I went away to college and he said, you know, I always kinda wanted to know you know how much you were drinking while you were in college, and I said, yeah. "No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't want. You don't really want to know how I was wasting your hard-earned money." Yeah, wow. Well. And uh, I think he accepted that. Like uh, maybe it was the best for the for the best that he never really heard a lot of the details. Probably right. heard more of the details of my drinking in college on this show yeah. than in a face-to-face conversation yeah. when I was nineteen, he's, twenty years old. He's probably listening, going, well, "I don't remember that. I don't remember him getting involved in that much <laughs> drinking." <laughs> wonder what let's, that bill was let's, for. Let's just say that that me and my roommate freshman year, my roommate Jay, the fact that we made it out alive and became productive citizens in our chosen field of study is nothing more than nothing short of remarkable. You know, when you're when your dad gets the gets a bill from Marquette University for liquor <laughs> bottles. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You're drinking liquor at this school? No, dad. It's chemistry class. It's, <laughs> we're, 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 we're mixing things. Science experiments, dad. That's what we're doing. It's you know, as, as much as we're joking about this, any anybody listening out there who decides that they want to do this whole binging thing, it's not a good idea no, it's at a, all. It, it is a, a, a yeah. very very dangerous idea. And when you're a 53-year-old man, and you take on a twenty-one cocktail challenge in a foreign country. Shame on you! But, but but I don't think it matters what age you are. If you were twenty-one and you decided, hey, I'm gonna do this challenge, the, the I mean, the guy was drinking all day before he even started the challenge. Yeah, and and, that, and that's what they're worried about up at Mumass with the Borg, sure, the blackout yeah. rage gallon. You, Did you see the picture of this guy? Yes, he looks like a British, uh, you know, Frank Gallagher. <laughs> you know, he I does mean, look like a Frank Gallagher. This is exactly the kind of guy you would expect to take on this challenge and fight his way all the way up to number 12. Well, his name is Timmy. Usually people with who are that age and have the, the Timmy or whatever, they're usually <laughs> like known to, to, to be usually. drinkers. Yeah, do we uh, know any Timmys that are like that? In fact, I, I think yeah, I do. I think I do, I th- too. And yeah. everyone refers to him as Timmy. Timmy! There you go. <laughs> it's 624 on Rock 102. This is John Mayberry, president of Mayberry Material Handling, with an important announcement. Our business is growing, and I need your help. We have immediate openings in our installation and service departments. If you or anyone you know has service, mechanical, or construction-type experience and want to join a dynamic, growing company, listen up. Our field associates have the freedom to work independently 
but they are provided with all the support they need to be successful, including the latest technology, as well as factory and on-the-job training. Learn more about this and other career opportunities at Mayberry.com. That's M-A-Y-B-U-R-Y.com. Also, our car shows are back. Join us on Wednesday, July 19th from 4 to 8 for our next 2023 car show and product showcase. Whether you own a classic car or just appreciate seeing them, come network with Mayberry Associates and friends and support the Gray House. For more information, visit Mayberry.com. That's M-A-Y-B-U-R-Y.com. I hope to see you on July 19th. The Delaney House has always offered the best of both worlds, an elegant dining room, perfect for any occasion, and the Mick, the best place to enjoy a drink and the ambiance. Now, the Delaney House is the best of three worlds. The brand new patio is now open, and it's a combination of both spots on the inside, outside. It's an outdoor bar, casual dining tables, a place to gather with friends with Adirondack chairs, fire pits, and entertainment five days a week. Enjoy the best of three worlds this summer at the Delaney House on Route 5 in Holyoke. See it all online. It's Jeep season at Metro Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Buy a 2023 Jeep Ram Cherokee Overland 4XE and take $8,900 off MSRP. Make it Metro in Chicopee. Historic Northfield Golf Club is located just off Interstate 91 in Northfield. Enjoy a great day on the course, which always features great playing conditions. After your round, enjoy local craft beer out on the patio or plan your next celebration at the new outdoor event venue. New England Golf at its best, Northfield Country Club. Golf at this course, along with 10 others, for just $125. That's less than 12 bucks a round. It's the Rock 102 Golf Club, presented by Swing Oil Beer Company. For details and to purchase, go to rock102.com. It's uh, 627 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Coming up uh, next hour, we're going to be talking to novelist uh, Isabella Maldonado. She's a uh, best-selling crime novelist. Uh, she wrote the book uh, The Cipher, which is being turned into a film on Netflix. Uh, her latest book, uh, uh, Killer's Game, great reviews. We'll be talking to her about that next hour. Sweet. Are you ready to laugh? Uh, yes. Or do you, do you want to do, do that? Or yeah, do it's fine. Yeah. No, go ahead. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. You know, I'm, uh, I was out yesterday, and I thought I heard someone say hello in Arabic. Really? Yes. But it was a false salam. <laughs> yeah, you get it? <laughs> a false salam. Uh, get it? Yeah, 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 I get that. See? Yeah. <laughs> and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert. Rock 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A woman accused of releasing bees on sheriff's deputies to stop an eviction at a Longmeadow home this past October is due in court today. Rebecca Susan Woods of Hadley is scheduled to be in Springfield District Court this morning. According to the Hamden County Sheriff's Office, Woods pulled up to an ongoing eviction on Memory Lane in Longmeadow in a blue Nissan Xterra. Woods left her dog in the car and immediately went to the beehives being towed uh, by her SUV and tried to open the lids to unleash the bees. Unleash the bees! A sheriff's deputy tried to stop Woods, but she made the bees angry and they started to circle the area. Woods then smashed the lid and flipped a hive off the flatbed which made the bees very aggressive. The bees stung several officers, some of whom were allergic, and bystanders who were watching nearby. One officer was taken to the hospital for bee stings. Woods was put on a professional Woods put on a professional beekeeper suit to protect herself, then carried a tower of bees near the front door of the home to try to stop the eviction, which has been stop and go for nearly two years. 
At the front door of the home, she tried to agitate the bees more and was arrested by sheriff deputies and booked at the Western Mass Regional uh, Women's Correctional Facility. By by the way, 22 News spells it Reginal Women's uh, Correctional Facility. Reginal? Yeah. How do you know what uh, that word means? I don't know. It seems to be almost the combination of two words, like a, like a compound word. Like regional and something else. Yes. And I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know any words that... Uh, Angina, maybe? Like uh, agita kind of thing? Or? The state of Virginia. Uh, it could be. Maybe. Could be. could be. You know, I remember the story, and I'm trying to remember, what was the connection between this woman and the guy that's being convicted? We, I don't know. I think she was just a friend of his that was trying to help him from being evicted from the yeah. home, from what I understand. But I don't understand. I don't know... It, if the eviction went through because it says stop and go for the last two years because you know multiple issues and now here you're evicting the guy well, i don't know what happened after that i may be wrong here but you know my recollection was that he was in fact evicted from this property oh nice so the, house by the way the bees didn't do it for him yeah it uh he was going to get tossed out no matter what see that's what happens when you uh, don't pay your mortgage that yeah. Yeah. I, evictions I, happen. They do. Uh, yeah, but if you don't pay your mortgage, you could squat in your home for years. You could, um, but you know there are there are laws, there are ways of yeah. getting you out there. You can't evict me. I'm turning this in the gym with all the squats I'm doing in here. Doing a lot of squats and lot, lunges. Lot I'm squ- lunging to the lock on the door. A <laughs> lot of squats in here, baby. Uh, two Springfield residents were arrested after shots were fired from a vehicle in West Springfield at around 11.30 p.m. on Friday, an open line 911 call. Open, open line 911 call! call. <laughs> what do they have people calling in just randomly going, <laughs> hey, uh, what happened to that other guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> Mike the, Jones, yeah, bitch! Yeah, yeah where, where's, where's the other dispatcher that used to be with you guys? <laughs> They got a man on the street reaction from uh, from Vince the Plumber, right? Who just wanted to do you know props and shoutouts. Yeah, I just want to you know I, I my my left hand has fallen off, but I just want to give a shout out to the guys over at H and H Plumbing, Pipe Fitting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guys at the Supply House. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the open line nine one one call was received with sounds of people yelling. Responding officers arrived at the area of Agawam Avenue and saw approximately twenty vehicles parked with music playing. During an investigation, officers learned that shots were fired from a vehicle and it was attempting to exit the area. Officers found seven, seven or several. They're very specific. Well, um, what is it? What is it? Saying? Several nine millimeter shell casings. Well, that's probably several. Several, not seven. I don't, probably not. I don't know uh, of too many seven shooters out there. Anyway, they found them in the area where the vehicle was. West Springfield police say that Ashley Sam Burgos Tolentino, or Ash, as he likes to be called, right, uh, attempted to punch and fight another person following the shots being fired from his vehicle that Richard a- Adderick was uh, a passenger in. A Glock 26 9mm handgun was found on the floor behind the passenger seat, and uh, Adderick and Ashley Sam Burgos Tolentino. That must be really hard to write out. Every time. Oh, God. Imagine writing checks or filling out a loan. And we're charged with uh, carrying a firearm without a license, assault with a dangerous weapon, and Tolentino faces an additional charge of assault. So, you know, know, house party, summer house party. Gets out of control like that. You know, I uh, 
I've never had a party that uh, broke down at the gunplay. No? No. Hey, you're missing out. I know. I feel like I uh, I need to be invited to those kinds of parties. I think you should. I think somebody should invite Max to one of those uh Yeah, and let me know what I can bring. Parties. But I hate to go empty-handed. Uh, North Adams 911 rescued two children from the Hoosack River on Tuesday. The who? Sack. Hoosack. Who? Sack. <laughs> According to the North Adams 911... What is, North Adams 911 is like an entity? Yeah, well, they have emergencies there, too. Yeah, I know, but it, they're, they're, it's not like saying, well, they called the 911. They're calling it the North Adams 911. I don't know, Steve. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to assume it's 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 just 911. Anyway, at approximately 8 p.m., crews were sent to the Hoosack River near West Liquors, where two children could not get out because of the strong current from the recent rain. At the river, there is a spot that children do swim at, but they were washed out due to where out to where they could not swim back. Mm. Uh, one firefighter, Lieutenant Kevin Alicia, who lived down the street from the river, was in as soon as he heard the call and held one of the children until rescuers arrived. Firefighter Mitch Maselli was also one of the first rescuers in the water to take care of the second child. Both firefighters were off duty. One child was taken to the hospital as a precautionary measure, measure and a second child was in good condition. Thank God those firefighters were there. Good thing. You know, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't I don't like really, typically, I'm not a real big fan of swimming in uh, fresh uh, water. It depends. Thing, but I, I, I really am not comfortable swimming in a river because of current. Because, well, you know, you, you know I, I can swim, but I'm not so much of a, a strong swimmer that I could fight the current or go, you know, pe- you know perpendicular to a current. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it depends on the conditions. Like I could yeah. go down to a, a nice babbling brook. You know, sure, you're not gonna you're not gonna get swept away in. But like last night, I took a walk up to the uh, the one of the the dams in in Huntington, mm-hmm. and uh, you see the flow of water coming out of that thing. Yeah, because of all the recent rains, and that's when they release that. Then the river fills up, so then you got you know much higher than normal level of river. I wouldn't go near the river at this at this point. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't uh, like swim in the Connecticut River. I mean, never mind the uh, you know the millions of gallons of raw sewage has been dumped into it for the last month. But you, you, you know, know even though it doesn't look like it's a it's a strong current, it's an enormous amount of water that that's that's flowing in a single direction. So you know it's hard to navigate any river. Yeah, because at certain points of the river it may narrow and the. The current gets stronger or whatever. I mean, it's, it's potentially dangerous. That's why they don't like people swimming in the Westfield River. You know what? Thanks for reminding me about the Connecticut River because there was another story that came out over the weekend that I that I need to pull up, and we'll talk about that coming up in, uh, in about 10 minutes or so. Several people are without a home on Tuesday night following a fire at a multifamily home in Westfield Tuesday afternoon. According to Deputy Eric, uh, Deputy Chief Eric Bishop of the Westfield Fire Department, crews responded to a structure fire on Phelps Avenue at approximately 3.22 p.m., on Tuesday afternoon, the home, which accommodated four families, was fully engulfed in flames. Upon their arrival, Westfield Fire Department received assistance from neighboring fire crews, including Agawam and West Springfield, as well as support from Barnes Air National Guard. This how this that, did you see the pictures of this thing? No, the flames are just like it's just swallowing it up. Uh, Bishop added that all the occupants of the home managed to exit safely without any injuries, and firefighters were able to bring the fire under control before it could spread to adjacent buildings. The Red Cross provided assistance to the displaced occupants. The oh. cause of the fire is currently under investigation by the state fire marshal's office. Yes. Yeah, now I'm looking at these pictures. It's uh, it's it, That's a bad thing. Uh, the Southbridge Police Department. 
Southbridge? Well, it was on 22, so we'll do All it. All right. Fine. Is searching for a t- for two 12-year-olds who allegedly stole a car on Monday. What the hell's going on in Southbridge? According to- <laughs> a lot of bored kids in Southbridge. Yeah. According to uh, the Southbridge Police Department, Amari Siders and Zare Siders, both 12 years old, took the car from Southbridge but are originally from New York. Police say the last known location of the car was stolen uh, of the look of the stolen car was in Vernon, Connecticut. The Southbridge uh, Police Department believe they are heading to New York in a white Toyota Highlander SUV. Uh, Amari is described as four foot ten, weighs ninety pounds, has brown eyes and brown long straight hair. Mm-hmm. Zaire is described as five feet tall, weighs ninety pounds, has brown eyes and brown long curly. Uh, long curly hair. Anyone with any information is asked uh, to call the Southbridge Police Department. Two badass kids. How old are they? Twelve. Twelve. Well, you got to give them credit. They went from Vernon all the way to Southbridge. That's a pretty good haul for it a twelve-year-old to uh, to be driving. It is a pretty good haul, and I'm imagining that a brother and sister uh, like this, something else is going on there. Uh, something beyond just a joyride? Uh, Maybe. Most 12-year-olds don't really want to steal the car. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, who knows? You know, I got two girls who steal scrunchies from each other all the time, and that causes all kinds of problems. Can you imagine stem stealing, one of them stealing the car? Yeah, but neither one of your girls is going to lose uh, you know, driving privileges when they turn 16. Uh, you don't know that. You don't? Not, not court-ordered. The uh, Dakin Humane Society will be reducing their adoption fees for all animals by 50% on Saturday. Saturday, 50% off. Puppies, cats, ferrets, all half off. The Springfield Shelter is holding this special adoption event in response to increasing animal population numbers for this season, according to a news release from the Dakin Humane Society. Do they do that for kids, too? I don't think they have uh, the cages set up oh, for the children. We'll take that gifted child over there. No, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's a re-gifted child. <laughs> it's got a scratch and dent sale on it. Uh, taking shelters, cats, dogs, and a variety of other small animals, including birds, guinea pigs, rabbits, ferrets, chinchillas, hamsters, gerbils, mice, and rats. And cats and elephants, as sure as you were born. What don't you You're forget about the unicorn? The shelter is anticipating a large turnout at the event, so adopters should plan on spending at least one to two hours there. Well, I mean, there's a lot of paperwork and everything, but you know, I got to tell you, you know, whether it's Dakin or you know TJO, I mean, if you want a pet, that's that's really the way to do it. It really is adopting a pet. Yeah. I mean, our, like our dog, Lou, was adopted uh, out of Dakin. He was, you know, he's been fantastic. I saw this meme over the weekend, though. Let me just uh, check this out here because uh, it was it was pretty accurate. Um, dog shelters uh, say, don't buy puppies. Consider adoption instead. Also, dog shelters. Uh, this is Pea Fingers. She's 19 years old and can't live in a home with children, books, or electricity. Pea Fingers is nervous around hair and needs 400 acres of land and an orchard of exotic fruits to survive. <laughs> All right, there's some uh, that, there's that would maybe st- one I might pass on. Stipulation to go along with that yeah. thing, but yeah, you're right. Uh, adopting is probably the best way to go. There's it's definitely the best way to go. Well, because you know you got to remember, and we talk about this with the open pantry. You know, there's more. There's 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 an increased need. F- for, for people utilizing that food pantry. 
That could also technically mean with people with pets can no longer afford to have them anymore, so they have to give them up well, for adoption. There's no, when you're at a when you're at, a, at an adoption facility like you know Dakin or, or TJO, you know if you make the assumption, well, you know this is a dog that uh, you know is, is uh, you know must have had problems in the home. You don't you don't know that. And there's all kinds of reasons why people may have to. You know, surrender a pet for adoption. People, All kind, you know, like, people pass away. People pass away. People move and can't bring you know pets halfway across the country. You know, they may be they may be financial considerations. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. You just don't know. Maybe someone's you know ill in the hospital can can no longer take care of their pet. You know, I, those those pets go into those facilities, and most of the time, like a like a like a like a significant most of the time. You know, these pets just want a, a, a nice home and to be loved by by people. Yeah, that's all they want. They just want somebody cool. That's to it. Hang out with. It's a way to do it. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with uh, spotty thunder showers throughout the day tomorrow. Rainy, or I'm sorry, sunny with a high of 73. It's 68 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, uh, yeah. Rock 102's classic rock summer is. Dr- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 652 and Jimi Hendrix with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, cloudy this morning and then the rain showers throughout the day. Could see some possible thunderstorms this afternoon with a high of 77. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. Uh, every week, Baxi's musical podcast, uh, I sit down with another uh, legend or an upcoming up-and-coming artist, whether it's in rock or new wave, alternative uh, metal or what have you also yeah. talk to producers and what have you uh my guest this week is jess cowan she's an up-and-coming uh, artist Brist released her first album called ink it's really really good i'm gonna have a bonus episode tomorrow with another up-and-coming artist this guy named billy tibbles his first ep was produced by chris robinson of the black crows that goes up tomorrow on apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher spotify google Podcasts, and rock102.com all brought to you by znm home buyers find them online at znmhomes.com from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. So uh, you mentioned the Connecticut River earlier and the uh, the overflow of poo and all that stuff that was in yeah. there a couple of weeks ago. Right. Uh, so somebody sent me this YouTube video. It's from Fox 61 down in Hartford, and uh, it's a report on a fish advisory issued at the Connecticut River. Uh, I'll have the audio here for you. If you're fishing at any section of the CT River, make sure you look for one of these signs warning everyone about the fish advisory. Based on the samplings of fish tissue, a chemical known as PFAS has been found in fish throughout the Connecticut River. However, sunfish and trout are not part of the advisory. This map highlighting the specific water bodies and ways in which people it's like the entire state cautious. of Connecticut, right? PFAS themselves have a use in many household consumer products most notably through Teflon, uh, Teflon coating on frying pans that make your uh, fried eggs slide off without sticking. While the Connecticut Department of Public Health say it is okay to have that one meal per month, anything more than that can be bad for you. Ah, there All right, so, uh, yeah, because there's like another minute of this, which I don't really want to hear. First of all, who refers to it as the CT River? I have no idea. I've never heard it referred to as that. Apparently, this young lady does. Mm. Uh, but secondly, why would anybody want to go in there or near there? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, re- I'm trying to read this sign, and, it, and it, she's standing, this reporter is standing next to this big, giant yellow sign with, 
It's got a, it looks like a Jesus fish on it, but right. it's got a fork and knife on either side. <laughs> and it says, advisory, limit eating fish caught from these waters. All fish caught in these waters, except for shad, should be limited to one meal per month for everyone. Yeah, but those people don't know shad from Shinola. Yeah, no, they don't know nothing about shad. <laughs> it's especially important for pregnant women, children six years or older or younger, and women planning on becoming pregnant in the next year to follow this advice. That's scary That to think that. You know, well, something in a fresh body of fresh water that we all know and see each and every day could right. kill you. Well, I mean, when you dump several yeah. million gallons of raw sewage down that river well, and if all flows south, at some point you got to think, well, maybe this fish I caught might not be worth eating. But they're talking about that PFAS stuff. Yeah, it, it, that's that, that's what the concern is here. So not only do you have that the the the, the poo. You got the PFAS. That's all stuff from, like, your Teflon pans. Who's washing the Teflon pans in the river? It's not about washing the Teflon pans. It's what's boiling off your Teflon pans every time you cook with them. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a great segue to go listen to Nagel Minds Your Business podcast, where you can talk about the Aqua Pump guys talking about PFAS and half-fabs. You know, I think it's H-A-A-5. Oh. High-five. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I call it. So there you go. That was my perfect wow. segue into selling you. Listen to you a, uh, stitch yeah. it all together oh, like look that. look at that. I'm like, a, like, a, like, I'm like David Blaine. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you're making magic over there. David Copperfield. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right. But uh, Magical. This is, this is disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, listen, it's a, it's a major uh, historic body of water. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to be in it or eat anything from it. That's it. Yeah. That's, is, is that so bad? No, not at all. I mean, be forewarned that if you're going to be uh, fishing in it, it might be worth uh, throwing it back in. Also, in unrelated news, Rock 102 will be holding their staff party on another <laughs> boat ride on the Connecticut River this summer. <laughs> because Rock 102 yeah. knows how to team build. Well, we care about our family here. <laughs> <laughs> it's 6.57 on Rock 102. Golf. It's an interesting sport. You clean the clubs from all the divots, pack up the bag, with extras, of course, to keep. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm going to put aside the jokes, the witty barbs, the thinly veiled sarcasm to the side for a moment. Instead, I feel compelled to acknowledge today's sports page, one of the most depressing things I've seen in a long time. So buckle yourselves up for this one. Yesterday afternoon, former Patriot backup quarterback Ryan Mallett was pronounced dead at the age of 35 following an apparent drowning in the Gulf of Mexico outside Destin, Florida. Mallett was drafted out of Arkansas by the Patriots in the third round in 2011 and pronounced dead soon after he was pulled from the water and onto a sandbar by a group of people that he was swimming with. Now, that's an awful story, but not quite as awful as this. NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson announced he will not participate in this weekend's NASCAR Cup street race in Chicago following the murder-suicide of his mother and father-in-law just outside Tulsa, Oklahoma. According to reports, the bodies of 69-year-old Jack Janway and his 68-year-old wife Terry discovered along with the body of their 11-year-old grandson, Johnson's nephew. It's believed that Terry Janway shot and killed her husband and the boy before turning the gun on herself. Again, there's no room for these tragic uh, situations to be clever or falsely ironic or even expand on further details of what happened because the fact of the matter is this. 
We sometimes forget that professional athletes, despite their skills and talents and privileges, are still human beings that suffer through sadness and loss like the rest of us. Money and fame are great, but that doesn't prevent you from facing painful situations with the people you care about. What happened to Ryan Mallett and Jimmy Johnson's families are unspeakable tragedies that no one, no one should have to face. Unfortunately, tragedy doesn't always draw distinctions, nor does it pick favorites. And while we live in a world that unrealistically glorifies celebrities and professional athletes all the time, there are sobering moments like this that remind us that life is short and precious and doesn't always end that well. And that maybe being grateful for the time you have is all that really matters. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back to telling a few more fart jokes because that's where I think I'm most useful. But hey, end of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The Ego 21-inch self-propelled lawnmower from Rocky's runs on battery power. No smelly gas. It starts with a touch of a button. It's quiet. And best of all, it's got all the power of a gas mower. Get the Ego Power Plus mower for $649 at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today. Possible thunderstorms this afternoon with a high of 77. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. Isabella Maldonado is a best-selling crime novelist. She's written a bunch of books, including one called The Cipher, which is about to be made into a film on Netflix with J-Lo as the star of that film. What about Ben Affleck? I don't know if he's in it. I don't know who else is in it. Oh, she, uh, uh, she's in it, but that's uh, but that's it. I can't imagine Ben reads. Probably, he's, I'll get the Cliff Notes. Give me another beer. He's actually a lot more intelligent than uh, most people would give him credit for. You don't know that. Yeah, I know. I yeah. don't know that at all. Anyway, uh, Isabel's got a brand new book out called The Killer's Game. It's uh, it's got great reviews, and she's on the phone this right now. Good morning, Isabella. How are you? Hear me okay? I can hear you fine. I can hear you okay. You know, Isabella, I I, I saw this thing last week where people who are are having a hard time uh, sleeping uh, because they're falling asleep to true crime shows. What about about novels about crime? You're falling asleep in bed reading that. Well, first of all, they don't fall asleep because they have to turn the page to see what happens. Right. Oh, oh there yeah. And, uh, yeah, there you go. And then second of all, um, I have had a lot of people that have um, written and said that I have kept them awake. And my answer is, look, if you're losing sleep, I'm doing my job. <laughs> That's the best way to push units is to, is to not make someone sleep even after they've closed the book. And so that's... <laughs> Yeah, that too. <laughs> That's a real talent. So the the name of the book is A Killer's Game, and as it's uh, described here, an FBI agent with a background in crypto in cryptography, a brilliant game maker bent on revenge, a deadly battle of wits and wills. Tell us a little bit about what uh, cryptography is. Well, it's um it's a field of study that involves basically code breaking, and um, both the military and the federal government, like the FBI and CIA and whatever, they all employ people who have this skill. And so I decided to have a character that would do that because I wanted her to have to break codes and solve puzzles. So this is a little bit more complicated than, say, trying to solve the jumble in the New York Times. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the junior jumble that you grew up on. It's a little more advanced. What about the Sudoku? That's that's usually (laughs) the hard one. Oh, that's a tough one to crack. Very bad at math. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But but you have you have experience uh, because you were uh, you you were in law enforcement for many years, weren't weren't you? Yes. Yeah. I I wore a gun and badge for twenty two years. I I was in law enforcement in a large department just outside of D.C. 
Um, and so I like to use that. My last position, I rose to the rank of captain, and my last position was commander of special investigations and forensics. Okay, so so you know, a lot of the things that you've picked up on the job kind of culminate w- into this book. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I also went to the FBI National Academy in Quantico, so um, I like to write about my friends at the FBI as well, and I have a lot of fun doing it. And you know, and people find these sorts of things really interesting. But this book is a real deviation from anything I've written before. What's uh, what, what's different about that? I mean, I know you've done like a like uh, books that have like been more like a like a like a series, but what's different about this book? Mm-hmm. This one um, is is completely different, and, and what I decided I wanted to do is, you know, I don't know if you've noticed how escape rooms are becoming popular in cities all over the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People are just, yeah, me too. And I thought, you know what, that it was the inspiration kind of behind it, you know, because I thought, what if there was a real escape room, you know, where it wouldn't be a fake bomb that would go off if you didn't get the answer right in a certain amount of time? You know, what if the consequences were actually deadly? And so, of course, who better to put in such an escape room than a code breaker? So, um, you know, with military background. So I had a lot of fun coming up with this. And I wasn't sure what people were going to think, but people are really loving it. They're, because I'm giving them a chance to solve the puzzles as they go. But it's also pretty brutal. I would think having a, like an yeah. explosive device in an escape room would be mm-hmm. hell on your Yelp rating. Yeah, yeah, it's really not a good thing um, when it goes boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the body counts. The body counts pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But 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 as far as repeat business, uh, you know, putting explosives, <laughs> you're never going to get a second party of, of of twelve to show up. You you must scare the living bejesus out of your friends when you talk about all uh-huh. the things that you know about these crimes. Oh, I do. My my friends ask my husband how he sleeps at night, yeah. knowing the kind of things I write, and he he goes, "Yeah, um, with one eye open." Yeah, I bet, <laughs> right. I bet he does. But I would, but I would also think that uh, you know, having you you know, writing as opposed to you know, you know, busting crimes and and you know, hostage <laughs> negotiation, writing a book must be like a piece of cake to you. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a totally different kind of stress. It's not um, anywhere near what. Yeah, what I used to go through, it's it's quite true. This is definitely, but it is still stress, but it's a much more positive stress. So, yeah. Well, I mean, when you, so what made you decide once you left law enforcement to say, I want to start a writing career? Because a lot of people say that, but not a lot of people actually, you know, write, you know, five or six books or, you know, however it's been for you. What what motivated you to start writing? I always have been a big reader since I was a kid, and I knew I wanted to write. It's just when I was really young, um, I felt like I really didn't have anything to say. I mean, some people are amazing, and they're 19 years old, and they can write a really amazing book, and it changes the world and stuff, but I'm not one of these people. I felt like I needed a more maturity and more experience under my belt before I could really write, and um, 22 years in law enforcement will give you life experience to write about, And so then when I retired, I spent five years studying the art and craft of writing before I attempted my first novel. I think that's another mistake people make is they think they can just, you know, whip a book out. How hard can it be? Um, It's hard. (laughs) It really is hard. And you really do have to study it. And I also think there's a lot of there's a lot of young writers who come into it from like, you know, your kind of experience who say, well, I'll just write about, you know, the kinds of things that have happened to me. But the problem with doing that is 
you're talking about the people that you know when you talk about you know you mm-hmm. you, you investigations that may still be ongoing it's a lot more challenging than just that to be able to write novels of you know, of, of of fictional stories mm-hmm. you know that takes a special kind of uh, uh you know discipline a, a, a special kind of talent mm-hmm. yeah you have to be very very creative but it is true in that you can't meander into actual fact too much, but you can certainly draw inspiration from reality. Like um, um, the, the Beltway Sniper case was an inspiration that I used as kind of like the, the kernel because my department was involved in that investigation. And I used that as a kernel of inspiration for another book I wrote called The Cipher that's being made into a movie now. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez is involved in it. Tell us about uh, a little bit about that. That was that was the most amazing thing. I I totally didn't expect that book to explode in popularity the way it did. Um, like I said, that was just that one case was just basically sort of the um, the inspiration behind it. But um, what I did with that one was um, I sort of hooked it to social media, which is kind of the more modern, if I, an updated version of what happened in that actual case. And it just, it went crazy. And it's now, um, it's, it's in 23 languages all over the world. Um, it's made bestseller lists in all kinds of countries. I just, I never expected that that would happen. And then Hollywood called and there was a lot of interest in making a movie out of it. And there actually was, you know, multiple bids to try to, you know, to do this. Really? And, um, yeah. And uh, Jennifer Lopez's production company, New Yorkian Productions, um, they were very excited. And they, they gave the book to J-Lo to read. And um, after it, after that, she uh, got together with Netflix and they just brought a really strong offer. And um, I just I couldn't believe how excited I was because two years earlier than that I was in an audience in Las Vegas watching her on stage and if you'd have told me she'd be reading my book two years later I'd have said you're crazy <laughs> that's that's yeah. pretty cool yeah if you showed up backstage with the book she would have told you get she would have called security on you <laughs> yeah, right. think about that for a minute right. Uh, this is yeah, this is uh, uh, author Isabella uh, Maldonado and uh, author of A Killer's Game. And one of the reviews that I that I saw here, Maldonado keeps the plot boiling and the bodies dropping to the end. So this is not a bedtime story for kids. <laughs> no, no. I always tell people, you know, if you like the kind of like those, you know, the cute mysteries where the cat solves the crime, yeah. this is not for you. That's no. not it, huh? This is so not. Yeah. That's this is hard it. edge and but it's got a lot of heart too. It's not just like all action action action. I mean, people get really attached to the characters. That's what it is because it doesn't matter how exciting the book is. If you don't care about the characters, you're not going to read it. So um, there's a lot of both, but there's plenty of action, that's for sure. Isabella Maldonado, the uh, the name of the new book is A Killer's Game. It is uh, out and uh, ready to buy wherever you uh, you pick up uh, you pick up books. And the uh, the Netflix uh, feature, The Cipher, do you have a, a, an op- approximation of when that's going to be released? I wish. You know, everything's everything's all turmoil right now but so i don't know but um i know that they're they're working on it i've i've been in touch you know but who knows at the moment you know you know things are a little a little topsy turvy so we'll have to wait and see very good well good luck on both uh, isabella we appreciate the time today and best of luck thank you thank you, you bet isabella maldonado with bax and nagel on rock 102 
Rock 102's Classic Rock Summer. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 727 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brand will give you the forecast here. Uh, I was just reading this article, this headline. It says, uh, interim lottery director Mark Bracken given head position. But on my phone, when I was looking at it, the thing was blocked out yeah. the way it was in, and it, it, it left out the word position. <laughs> so, as you can very yeah. well imagine, how embarrassing that must have been. Yeah, it's the lottery. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. That'll uh, make you think. Well, I, you know, that's better than winning the lottery. <laughs> Some people do anything for a job. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> We have news next to Rock 102. Here's your... 7.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Well, thanks, Bax. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I'm just pulling something up here, and then we can get back to what we were doing. And uh, I'll tell you about 25-year-old Christian Camacho, uh, 25-year-old resident of Springfield, has been sentenced for his involvement in fentanyl distribution. Fentanyl. Uh, U.S. District uh, Court Judge the Maestro handed down a verdict on Tuesday ordering Camacho to serve six months in prison and undergo three years of supervised release. Last November, Camacho pleaded guilty to the charge of possessing more than 40 grams of fentanyl with the intent to distribute. The incident in question occurred on March 30th, 2022 within Hamden County. Camacho was found to be knowingly in possession of 40 grams or more which was intended for distribution. Additionally, law enforcement discovered over 129 grams of fentanyl laced with heroin, meticulously packaged in more than 8,000 bags for distribution purposes. Camacho was found uh, carrying $14,282 in cash. Mm -hmm. The sentencing comes as law enforcement's continued efforts to combat the distribution and sale of dangerous narcotics in the area. The possession and distribution uh, distribution of fentanyl has been a major concern uh, due to its high potency and the devastating impact uh, it has on individuals. And how long was he sentenced for? Uh, what did I just say? I just, uh, let's see, sentenced to three years of supervised three release. Three years. Yeah. Supervised Six release. Six months in prison, three years of supervised release. Okay. Yeah. So that's enough to, uh, the supervised release, if it's done correctly, might be enough to, you know, prevent him from getting back in the swing of things after his six months in prison but maybe not yeah maybe uh you know six months might uh, might turn you around a little bit well i mean i imagine you lose some customers uh you know who may move on to you know other distributors well he's a camacho man every man wants to be a camacho camacho man you know to have i want to ki- be a camacho to have the kind of body always in demand mm-hmm. jogging in the mornings go man go right workouts in the health spa muscles glow you can best believe that he's a camacho man ready to get down with that anyone he can hey hey Hey, 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 come on, Macho Man, Macho Man. I've got to be, be a Camacho Man. Macho, Camacho Man. I've got to be a Camacho. Wow. <laughs> That's the promo for today. He is going to be so popular in prison with a name like Camacho. Well, uh, you know, uh, you think you're a tough guy, huh? Yeah, I'm you- Camacho. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Not so much. Uh, I go to this story out of Boston. A uh, 32-year-old woman who once worked for the Mass Department of Children and Families and is suspected of enrolling in three Boston high schools faces charges including identity fraud and forgery, according to Boston police documents. An arrest warrant for Shelby Hewitt, uh, Shelby Hewitt of Canton 
was filed in West Roxbury District Court on Tuesday. Boston police have been investigating a woman who allegedly faked her credentials and was able to enroll in schools. It wasn't immediately clear if uh, he would have an attorney who could speak to the arrest warrant, which listed four charges of forgery, two of false writing, and one of identity fraud. She's a former employee of DCF who worked there as a social worker on and off between 2016 and this past February, the agency confirmed. She also worked at a counseling service. A representative for Boston Public Schools declined to comment on Tuesday afternoon. The situation was made public last week when Boston Public Schools Superintendent Mary Skipper released a statement outlining the deception, calling it a case of extremely sophisticated fraud. She said as soon as school personnel identified with the irregularities with the students' enrollment, the case was referred to the Boston police, who are now undertaking a criminal investigation. Uh, the arrest warrant said the situation came to light Wednesday, June 14th, when the principal of English High School called police to investigate a child. Administrators have been concerned when a man came to school to say he was withdrawing his daughter over bullying despite having just enrolled her the week before and with staff working to address it with the student. The student was identified as Hewitt, who had been using the name Ellie Alessandra Blake. Worried about a possible custodial issue with her parents, school officials reached out to the district for her paperwork and discovered an error with one of her enrollment forms. In the letterhead uh, listed the Department of Children and Families, prompting them to call the social worker listed on the document, the paperwork said, but that worker didn't exist, prompting the 911 call. The next day, state and local police on human trafficking teams conducted a search at an apartment in Jamaica Plain. The search uncovered documents from her bedroom at the apartment that had been submitted to juvenile court and the DCF, which were allegedly used to enroll Hewitt in Boston Public Schools as two different people. The documents said mm. Hewitt lived at the Jamaica Plain apartment with two other people. The building is near English High School in Jamaica Plain. Why would you want to I, yeah, just think to be a high school student? Just thinking the same thing. Now, uh, you went to high school, right? Yes. I went to barely. high school. Yeah. I can't think of a single thing that happened in high school that would motivate me to do it a second time. No, not at all. Like not I couldn't, even, I couldn't wait to get out of high school. Not even the day I got five stars on my bucket program and received a personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Oh boy, well maybe that is a reason. Yeah, we never had that kind of thing. Didn't have a Pizza Hut in my town. Uh, but even if the pizza was delicious, you know, especially with that stuffed crust, I yeah. still wouldn't go back. No, 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 probably not. Not to the pizza. I'd go back to pizza. I'm talking about the high school. Oh, the high school. Yeah, yeah I would I, never go back. I wouldn't want to go back. There was nothing good uh, that really happened in yeah, high school. I know. To me. Like, it was more of a, let's just cruise through this portion of life so we can get to better, bigger and better things. And that never happened. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> I feel like I'm in high school again. <laughs> I mean, I act like a high school student with my, you know, pee-pee and wee-wee jokes. Yeah, but, but that's uh, fine. But yeah. that's fine. But to actually go through that, you know, horrible experience of uh, of adolescence and puberty yeah. a second time. I mean, when you know, now you're just a grown-ass man going back to high school like yeah. you're trying to hold on to those last few strands of your youth. Well, we've talked about these that before. Remember the kids that used to come back and hang around the high school even though they had already graduated? Oh, yeah. And for some reason, people let that happen. Like, I remember there was this one kid who uh, he wore a cowboy hat. Yes, it's got to be a cowboy hat and a trench coat. There's something shady about that. Yeah, something, uh, thing going on there too. So he uh, he would hang out with the like the like he was he was he had graduated and I was a sophomore and he was hanging out with other sophomore girls. Mm-hmm. 
Like uh, that was weird. Yeah, I uh, we had a couple of those guys that kept, uh, that kept coming back, and uh, only one of them uh, ever you know lived up to their expectations. And by that, I mean yeah. spending time in prison. Oh well, there. <laughs> yeah, you but go. it was for. Yeah. But it wasn't for like a like a like real crime. It was more like a, you know defrauding like yeah. a like a, a city government kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Corruption. Really. And, and by the way, this guy looked nothing like Matthew McConaughey in. Uh, uh, what the hell was the name of that movie? What's uh, the name of the movie? They, uh, oh, come on. Wow. Why can't I not remember that? Why can't two people rem- remember that? It wasn't called Good Times. It was That was J.J. <laughs> no. no. Walker. Yeah. It wasn't called... Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, Matthew. Oh, McConaughey. Uh, McConaughey. People are screaming yeah, at their McCon- radios right now. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe these two <laughs> idiots don't know. It's like the kids in the hall. Uh, you, remember that old kids in the hall bit where one guy's trying to describe a movie and he's like, "Yeah, it had to, you know, Orson Welles in it, and he's got a sled." Yeah, that's Citizen Kane. No, I don't think that's Citizen Kane. Agnes Moorhead was in it. Joseph Cotton. Uh, he became. Yeah, you know, Orson became like a like a newspaper. Yeah, that's Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. No, it's not Citizen Kane. All of a sudden, he takes a fork and stabs him right in the hand. Yeah. It's Citizen Kane. Dazed and confused. Oh, ah! that's the one. The very thing we are trying to remember the movie. The movie. Oh, Dazed and confused. That was the name of the movie. You can stop calling now. It's okay. But yeah, I mean, there's one like you find to try to find out what her motivation was to do this, and it's probably something stupid. Like you know what? I really liked class fundraising, <laughs> and I really wanted to go back and sell Yankee candles for my senior class. I so enjoyed. Uh, physical education. I wanted to do that one more time. I didn't think I got enough, enough dodgeball in my high school years. Yeah, I didn't get enough dodgeballs to the fat stomach by the bully <laughs> kids in the school. I really like that. I, I feel I feel like I didn't get a rejected by enough girls in high school. Yeah. Now that I'm an adult, I really want to get rejected by girls all over again. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or uh, even being embarrassed by the gym teacher by forcing the fat kid to uh, be the skins and they I made had, you, remember they made you wear those those things. Did you ever do those? Those uh, they had a box full of those. It was yeah. disgusting. Nobody ever washed them. They were like knit shirts. Yeah, right. Yeah. I forgot what they called them, but they were. Yeah. Oh, exactly. God, these are horrible things. Why would anybody want to go back to that? Shirts and skins was the most fascist thing that anyone ever created. Like you know, as a, as a young as a young uh, yeah. teenage boy, the last thing I wanted to do was play dodgeball. Uh, with your roly poly stomach, yeah, with yeah. my with my with my big fat tub of lard all yeah. jiggling all over the place. Yeah, they, they probably uh, they probably give you and I uh, you know, demerits for uh, decent exposure. In yeah, the gym. You know, I'm, you know, okay. So you your high school years were like back in the nineties, right? Uh, early nineties, early nineties, early nineties to uh, like ninety three to ninety seven. So my high school years were like nineteen eighty to eighty four. Yeah. Okay. Back then, the gym uniform. Was a T-shirt and these uh, and these shorts. Now these shorts were like gym shorts of the seventies and eighties were notoriously short. Yeah, why was that? I don't yeah. really know. Long shorts would have made sense. So if you're playing shirts and skins, right? Yeah. And uh, and you're a skin, uh, and and your your shirt is off, and you're sweaty and jiggling all over the place. The one thing you. you the one thing you forget to think about is these shorts are yeah. so s- tiny yeah. that an occasionally 
the mouse comes out the house. If yeah. you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. I know what you're you know talking what about. You, so you get like, like, yeah. you get like, a, like a, a, a breeze down below and a breeze up on top. Most humiliating thing a young man can go through. You know, and if you're wearing, uh, you know, guys like us wearing white shorts, you look, oh, like, yeah. you look like baby Huey in the diaper <laughs> walking around. What's going on with Nagel? I don't know. I don't know. He's... <laughs> Apparently not much. What's he got? What's he got in the back of his pants back there? Yeah, I really, I really didn't enjoy yeah. high school at all. And no. to want to go back and pretend to be a high school student would be the most foolish thing I could think of. But here, here's the other capper on this one. Mm-hmm. She doesn't go back to high school. She went back to three high schools. Yeah, right. Like she, she wanted, like she wanted to do it over and over and over again. She could never get enough of it. Uh, and she looks very young. She's she's a very young looking thirty two year old. She does she could pass for a teenager, <laughs> and probably wouldn't you know wouldn't be yeah. questioned by anybody. I knew people that wanted becoming teachers mm-hmm. at my high school. Like they they went, you know they went and became teachers at the high school they went to. And I'm like I remember like being at a at a, at a reunion and they're saying I thought oh, what are you doing, uh, Cindy? She's like oh yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher at, at our high school. I'm like. Why? Was there nothing else available? Was there not another district anywhere? I, mean, within... I, I could see it if you went to a really cool high school, <laughs> something with, you know, like well, resources and actual education going on. Well, but not, this one, yeah, this one was a, it was a horrible high school. Well, not for nothing. I mean, I kind of find that to be a good thing when you have somebody who has lived in the in the area the entire time. Right. You need folks like that. You need folks to be part of that community mend, you know, the you know, sewing things together. Well they have a, they have like a, an emotional yeah. investment yeah. in, you know, making sure that their high school is is uh, is great for years to come. I get that. Sure. Yeah. But my high school? I don't think so. Not that crap hole. Hell Hell no! Just it was like you know, a scant few inches away from like state receivership. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. What's, you know, that's 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 nothing to be uh, proud of. Yeah, our budget is almost gone. Uh, we don't have any money to even buy textbooks this year. The Actually, kid- my high school uh, not that long ago was considering eliminating all after-school activities and athletics because of budgetary uh, issues. That's how bad things got at my high school. Isn't that crazy? Like, we cut all that stuff. I know. I know. I think it's ridiculous when, uh, and this is to no fault of the teachers. This is to the fault of, peop- you know, the people making the budget. Yeah, school committees and yeah, stuff. Yeah, when, when you When the teachers are like, please, please donate, like, paper towels and you know, soaps and, and hand sanitizers, tissues and yeah. all these things that and even art supplies and things like that, because we don't have enough money to do. I don't ever remember being in an in a situation where my school couldn't afford art supplies for my art class. When I was in high school, we had a great art program, yeah. really cool art program. We did a lot of different things. I don't know how they could ever afford all those materials today. I, yeah, I don't like know. like one of one of the I mean I took art all four years. One of the years was like ceramics, so they had like a ton of clay that people were, were using and destroying yeah. every single day. I don't know how they I don't know how they managed to pay for that over the years. I don't know. But you know what? I wouldn't want to go back to uh, especially Ludlow High School, and then I wouldn't be able to read all those books about oral sex that they're taking <laughs> out of the libraries. Blasphemy! Yeah, well, yeah, they're they're talking about taking those out of the uh, of the grammar schools and putting yeah. them in the high schools. It's like the Music Man over there in Ludlow. This library promotes dirty books. <laughs> Balzac. 
your Pioneer Valley forecast today. <laughs> It's going to be uh, rainy with some thunder showers this afternoon, high of 79. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, uh, yeah. We're facing an extinction-level sales event at Campers in RV. Prices are plummeting faster than a meteorite. Grab it on. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 751 and Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be rainy today with a uh, with a high of 79 tomorrow. Uh, sunny with a high of 83. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, this Friday, Steve and the road crew are going to be at uh, Free Music Friday at the MGM Plaza. Uh, Jesus Pagan, Su- uh, Isukesta Orchestra. I believe that. Isu Orchestra. Uh, sorry, Jesus, I uh, pronounced that all messed up for you. But anyway, he'll be performing uh, at the Plaza. Stop by the Rock 102 table for your chance to win a, a great prize. Uh, it's uh, the Free Music Friday concert series brought to you by Rock 102 and MGM Springfield. Yeah, if you think that's hard to pronounce, uh, imagine being the guy having to introduce that band in front of like 2,000 people on Friday night. Jesus Pagan, Isu Orchestra. That's Isu Orchestra. The, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm not bilingual at all, so it's a uh, you know, you'll have to forgive me for messing that up. But uh, Jesus Pagan, I'm pretty sure I got that right. You are a uh, a cunning linguist, that's for sure. That's that's for sure. It was <laughs> it was on the tip of my tongue, Steve. <laughs> that's what she said. Ah! Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. <laughs> Why even bother doing this? We should have ended it right there. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, that was a whole lot better than this is going to be. Here's a woman bursting with happiness after finding out she's going to be a grandmother. The couple had her do a custom lottery scratch-off to get, and it reveals the words, I'm having a baby. Having a baby? A baby? Wait, I'm having a baby? You're having a baby? Uh, oh, my God. Uh, and just like the scratch ticket that baby's a loser <laughs> there's, a, there's a tiktok trend where uh women text the men in their lives and ask if they could land a commercial jet in an emergency situation I think I've seen enough movies where I could probably do that. Sure. And kill everybody on board. Uh, here's a woman reading the responses she got. It ends with a surprise answer. Starting off with my brother. I say, do you think you could land a plane? He says, small plane or big plane? I say commercial. He goes, mm, more likely than not, but it won't be pretty. This is my friend Quentin. He says, to find land, it hits the ground. Yes. Back half the plane falls off? Possibly. I say, would 50% of people survive? He thinks he'd barely make it with a 60-40 split. This is my friend Nolan. He says, are you joking? Absolutely not. This is my roommate's boyfriend. He says he's played enough GTA to have a fighting chance. My other roommate's boyfriend thinks he can make it with approximately 50% of people dying better than a nosedive. Then I asked my dad, who's an actual pilot, what he thought. He says the plane can land itself. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Well, the plane can land itself because <sighs> it has autopilot. Oh my God, I, I tell you what, if, if I it... were talking to this girl the entire time and she wouldn't take a breath when she was speaking, yeah, I'd, I was... I'd crash the plane intentionally. I was going to say, was her dad also the former <laughs> spokesman for micro machines? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that guy? He could speak yeah, so fast. Right. He was like a famous radio guy. That yeah. guy, the Micro Machines guy with the mustache. He kind of almost looked it was like a, a, a FedEx. It was a FedEx commercial. But but he also did he, the, he did the, Micro Machines the, the too. Micro yeah, machine. but the I first rem- one was, was FedEx. FedEx. Okay. When it absolutely had to be there overnight. 
oh, absolutely, positively needs to be there overnight. That's exactly. Kind of yeah. thing. That's pretty cool. Hey, speaking of uh, old uh, slogans, do you remember uh, even our chicken recommends our fried chicken? Uh, I don't know if I do. It's KFC. KFC. Yeah. Okay. Even our chicken recommends our fried chicken. That's perverse. That's pretty dark. It's very, you know, when you think about it, it's really uh, not very as, disturbing. Not as dark in the meat as on that uh, on that wing you're going to eat. Hey, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during an interview, uh, <laughs> South Dakota State Representative Joe Donnell claimed that Mount Rushmore is actually a demonic portal used to spread communism. Here he is making the claim. That's what we're dealing with, and what the Lord revealed to me is that Mount Rushmore has a direct ley line to Washington, D.C., that God was going to break that connection. In order to understand the spiritual realm of what we're facing, that acts as a portal for demonic things. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead and prove that. Is this the platform he ran on? People actually voted for that and said, hmm, yeah, that makes sense what, to me. What? I, this is the people we elect in yeah. this country. Mount Rushmore time yeah. travel. I can totally see it. Oh, it's well, it, it, don't you know the flux capacitors inside Washington's nose? <laughs> was that in the Bible? No, it was in my head in a dream. Even more, even better. Better. The uh, Bonnaroo Festival was a couple of weeks ago, but on Monday they posted a fun video of Cheryl Crow rollerblading through the fairgrounds while playing an accordion and singing her hit songs. Some people didn't really even recognize her as she skated by. Others took quick pics, and uh, you'll hear a couple of people blown away when Cheryl stops by them. It sounds like somebody trying to pretend she's Cheryl Crow. Yeah, right. It Exactly. That, that's what music filters do for you. You do realize she's a 61-year-old woman, right? She's 61? She's 61. Are you at, really? Born in 1962. She's 61. I just looked this up. Oh, shut the front door, dude. I didn't know Should, that. I, it, listen, I'm I'm uh, not that far away from 60. The idea of getting on roller skates and playing an accordion and singing at the same time, yeah. that's way too much coordination for me. I, I would have I totally agree with you. I can't even walk and chew gum at the same I time. I would have cracked a pelvis before I got to the, first, the, the, you know, the, to the chorus. Uh, and that is now here this, but we have something special here. Yeah, we do. As you uh, know, the Southwick National Pro Motocross Championship is coming to uh, to Southwick on Saturday, July eighth. A uh, great event, uh, and it's uh, it's, it's going to be uh, happening at one o'clock on uh, on the eighth. We've got a pair of tickets to the tenth caller right now at two nine three one zero two one. Good luck to you. To you. It's seven fifty eight with Bax and Nagel on Rock one zero two. Springfield's classic rock is everywhere. Unfortunately, there are times when a disparity exists between the financial compensation for both men and women. And while it was a lot of laughs during the days when men were hogging all those fat paychecks, in today's world, that's clearly not acceptable. This is why the world of professional tennis is looking to do its part to obliterate that sort of disparity. Yesterday, the Women's Tennis Association pledged to seek an equal balance in prize money for both men and women. Decades after equalizing prize money for the four major tournaments, the WTA is looking to seek the same 
for other tennis tournaments around the world. For example, last year when Iga Swiatek won the Italian Open, she was paid $365,000. Meanwhile, Novak Djokovic won the same tournament the following day and was paid more than $900,000. Now, I've done the math. That's the difference of a lot of damn money, which is ridiculous. Because if you took that $1.2 million in total first place prize money and split it down the middle, they each would have walked away with $632,950 apiece. And you know what? That's a pretty good chunk of cash that any man would be satisfied with. And yet the tennis world hasn't quite figured it all out yet. Even though some of the most competitive and exciting tennis in the world is being played by women. Of course, men do play more sets than the women do. But why split hairs and focus on the most Neanderthal and irrelevant details? Let's all split stuff down the middle and enjoy all that equality together. Of course, I wouldn't want to surrender any more of my money to make that happen. But that's just my toxic masculinity talking. But hey, enough of my yappings. Worth brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, here's some stuff you can make in the big green egg. Scalloped potatoes, pretzels, meat pies, eggplant parm. You thought it was just a grill? Think again. These are recipes and dozens more just like it on the Big Green Egg website. Wood charcoal fired and delicious. The Big Green Egg from Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Eleven and Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, rainy today with a high of 79. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. It's almost time for a road trip, don't you think? Uh, summer road trip season is here. We are in the midst of it. You uh, you going to go on any road trips this summer? Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, North Carolina uh, next month. What about there? Actually, August. Well, that's a good. So you're driving down there. Driving. Yeah, driving that's the way to do it. Trip. Get to see all the great sights and smells of this country. Oh yeah, all the way through New Jersey. Oh yeah, Delaware. Through, through the Virginias. Through the oil fields of Delaware. To the garbage barges of New Jersey. Oh, you're going to love it. the beautiful country uh, we call the USA. It's breathtaking. Summer road trips are a staple of the season, but the efficiency of taking such trips in the United States can depend on the state in which you live. Factors that can severely impact a road trip, depending on the state, include gas prices, activities, and dining. But this comes as, quote, nearly 80% of American adults plan to take some sort of road trip with with around 39% to travel more than 250 miles from home. That's according to WalletHub. Massachusetts is one of those states where taking a summer road trip is less than ideal, according to a new uh, WalletHub ranking that lists the Commonwealth among the worst states for summer road trips. Oh, come on. What are you, what are you talking about? We got all kinds of places to go to that are loads of fun. Old Sturbridge Village. Who doesn't want to go that 90-degree heat with no air conditioning? Who doesn't enjoy a, a, a brisk walk through Plymouth Plantation? Who doesn't want to go to uh, downtown Holyoke at 3 uh, o'clock in the morning? Doesn't sound so bad to me. Who wouldn't want to walk all 10 miles of back and forth on the Freedom Trail? I don't know who wouldn't. <laughs> Following a set of criteria that includes cost, safety, and activities, Massachusetts ranks 44 out of 50 states. The uh, criteria were outvaluated based on 32 relevant metrics, including gas prices, cost of living, road and bridge quality, 
car thefts and certain activities to participate in, like going to museums, zoos, and nightlife. Mm-hmm. When it came to metrics for cost, Massachusetts received a 47. The state is rather safe with a safety score of 11 and received a score of 24 when it comes to activities. So people would be willing to trade danger for price is what I'm kind of gathering well, from this thing. No. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of places you can go and massachusetts that are very very dangerous come on kids we're going to lowell for the weekend no dad let's go to lawrence or brockton instead we're going to lowell and that's it we want to go to lawrence now let me get this fentanyl uh (laughs) transaction here with uh yeah uh despite these metrics massachusetts is ranked behind south carolina north dakota and new mexico jesus two new england states make up the bottom worst summer road trip states uh, Connecticut ranks at 48 with scores of 35, 37, and 48 when it comes to cost, safety, and activities, respectively. Closing the ranking is Rhode Island at number 50 with scores of 43 for cost, 17 for safety, and 50 for activities. I've always suspected that about Rhode Island. Actually, I totally disagree with the, Ro- the Rhode what Island are you thing. Talking I love about? Rhode Island. Why? The beaches, uh, uh, Newport's kind of cool. Uh, Narragansett. Uh, well, that's you can you, you can go on a whale watch off of Point Judith. See, that's the cost thing that they're talking about. Sure. You're talking about high priced items that most people can't afford. Well, listen, you know, uh, you know, you could you could spend the day in Providence and have a uh, a fun time. I spent a day uh, in Newport once with a very rich individual, and uh, that was the way to go. To new to, oh, to go yes. to Newport. Otherwise, if you're just uh, you know a regular old radio guy rolling into Newport, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. uh, you better be staying at the Swansea Motor Inn because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all a, you can afford. Yeah, but that's a little bit of a drive and to even, get there. And even that is eighty two dollars a night, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. um, but yeah, they're talking about all these states. No New England states made up the ten best states in terms of cost, with each of those designated for southern states. Vermont is the first New England state to appear in the 27th spot. The best state when it comes to cost, according to WalletHub, is Louisiana, while California ranks 50th. Under safety, New England makes the state's top three. Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire fill those spots with Massachusetts ranked at 11, Rhode Island ranked at 17. Southern states make up at least uh, several of the safe states, including Arkansas, Florida, and uh, ranked at 50, South Carolina. Uh, California tops the activities list. Well, the first New England state to appear in is Massachusetts, ranked at 24. Jesus. We had nothing good to offer. Well, you know, we used to, I mean, you know, let's, let's put it this way. Um, when I was a kid, and you go to the, uh, the Boston Aquarium. Ever go to the Boston Aquarium? Mm, no. Never? Never been. All right. Back when I was a kid, uh, we all thought that the Boston Aquarium was the cat's ass. We just thought that was the coolest place ever, man. All, all the, the fish and the sharks and the jellyfish and all that kind of stuff yeah. right, right in the middle. And they had live penguins and stuff. A few years ago, I took my kids and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, one, I've never smelled a museum that smelled so putrid in my life. Mm. It was the smelliest museum. Really? Oh, my God. It was awful. And I don't really know if it was the... Uh, if it was the, the the penguins using their space as a gigantic toilet, or or whether it was just, just the the smell of old fish, it was just gross. It was disgusting. Like if you go to Mystic, they do a great job over at Mystic. That's well, a nice aquarium. I was gonna say I've never been to an aquarium that had a 
rancid smell to it. Mostly because most of those enclosures, I mean, they're they're underwater tanks, but then yeah. like the penguins and all that stuff. I can't remember where it was. I think it was I think it was SeaWorld where they have this abundance of penguins. It was it's like this big thing where you walk in a hallway, sure, and then the lights come on and then you, all of a sudden you're, you're you're it's like you're a voyeur. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at look at him doing penguin stuff. Ooh, that's penguin activity. Yeah. That's naughty stuff. What, what's black and white and red all over? That penguin over there. <laughs> yeah, that's you know what I'm talking about. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's like one of those places in Massachusetts we used to go to all the time. And uh, I mean, Starbridge Village is a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of nothing to me. That doesn't uh, move me in the slightest. Uh, the uh, uh, Plymouth Rock yeah. is just the worst possible waste of time that anyone could uh, anyone could take advantage of, and that's free. Yeah, They're not charging you for that. It's a good thing too. It's uh, I'm so. I, you know, once I see something like that, like it's it's like, eh, I've seen it. I don't need to go back and see it again. Like the Plymouth Rock thing. Yeah. I wouldn't mi- go out of my way to go, hey, kids, come on. We're getting in the car. We're going to Plymouth mm-hmm. for the day. Yeah. No, that's not. Uh, that's we, not- we used to do that like every year yeah. for a while. We have like for a stretch of like five years, we go back to Plymouth every year, like around Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I, I don't I'm not really necessarily sure because there are, uh, people are into different activities. Like, there's plenty of, like, hiking trails and camping stuff and all that stuff in the Berkshires that, sure. like, a lot of people go to every year. You got uh, Tanglewood that's very popular. Uh, you know, to, to say that there's really nothing to do around here kind of isn't true. It's just depending on what your taste is going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people don't like uh, like hiking and act- outdoor activity. Yeah, you know, I, I happen to be one of those people that, yeah. uh, you know, repudiates nature in all of its forms but uh yeah there are always going to be better places to go but you know all of the new england states aren't uh aren't too bad even you know rhode island I, i'm telling you there's, there's plenty of things to do in rhode island that are perfectly fine and a lot of fun like well i mean there's uh uh well the world's largest uh, clamshell well yes there there is the clamshell there's a i would do i would be happy to to take you around say like uh federal hill would be a great place to go what's on federal hill nothing but restaurants wall-to-wall great restaurants i mean i was in uh i went to providence last year uh, remember I went to that, uh, went to that, uh, Roger Williams zoo and they had all those pumpkins and stuff yeah. with the car, but that, that was Roger Williams zoo is a great zoo. That was pretty cool. I would probably go back to that zoo because I couldn't, you, you can't see anything at nighttime when, yeah. when it's pitch black and they got all these jack-o'-lanterns around, but from what it looked like walking around the grounds there yeah. looked like it wouldn't be a bad place to go visit listen just around here i mean you know six flags is a great day, a great thing to go to if you got the money to go right yeah okay yeah. well there's there's that there's other tourist destinations too like the uh the crap tanks at bondi's island i could i could pull up a chair to that any day oh what was that website uh my uh our boss uh sent us or sent me anyway let me just pull this up it's called uh atlas obscura Okay, right? and it's kind. Of, remember um, Roadside America, yeah, where they had all the, uh, the you know the the weird and wacky things around there. I still haven't checked out. I did this. I I asked him for the website because he was telling me about it, and then I I was trying to do this down in in Georgia where they have sidetrack. There's a there's a park down there that I really want to go to. 
they have uh, it's called Doll Head Trail. And it's all these people who put like place like creepy <laughs> doll, doll heads, heads in in uh, in weird places. But let's see if we can uh, search Springfield, Massachusetts, and see if they come up with any uh, weird, wacky uh, six places. It says really six places. Yeah, let's see uh, where are the six places near results near. I don't even know where this. Is. This isn't even anywhere near here. What is it? They're showing places in Ohio. I'm not really sure. Yeah, no, we're way, we're very far from Ohio. Uh, but uh, like they have that floating island over off of uh, Island Pond Road there. Yeah, isn't that the one that crashes into somebody's backyard every uh, from time every, to time, every six sure. years, and then the towing company has to come up. That's right. Okay, so here's what they list uh, for Springfield: the Dr. Seuss Museum. Now that's cool. The Dr. Seuss Sculpture Garden. That's a nice thing too. The Titanic Museum. There's always that. Did you know there was a Titanic Museum in Springfield? I have heard that there's a Titanic Museum uh, in Springfield, but I've never gone. Uh, the Springfield Armory. That's a cool place to go learn how all those guns were made back in sure. the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasbro Gameland. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Well, Hasbro is not even there anymore. It's Carta Monday. No, it's Hasbro Gameland. It's inside the Springfield Museums. Oh. Uh, the Barney Family Mausoleum. Who who wouldn't be fascinated by that? Uh, Mason Park Basketball Monument. Where is that? Mason it's, Park. Where's Mason Park is where I'm it's at. It's in Springfield. Yeah, well, where in Springfield? Uh, within the city. All right. Well, see, there's there's the six places you can go around here. But you know, there's, there's there's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. Uh, there's, you know, there is six flags. There's um, you know, the Big E is a place to go. That's the place to be. Yeah, but talking about summer road trips. Summer roads. Well, okay, summer so fun. it's late summer. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, they always have that food truck festival. That they always have something going on. Yeah, there's there's stuff going on the biggie all the time. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other uh, any other things. Oh, the uh, the Littleville Fair. The Littleville. The Littleville Fair. Where's that? In Littleville. What do they do there? Whole little <laughs> lot of little, a whole lot of little. Is it Nothing. a good? Is it a good time? Uh, it's a it's a very small little uh, town fair. It's like a, mm. on the border of Huntington and Chester in that area up there. And it's uh, uh, if you blink, you'd miss it. Um, but it's got like tractor pulls. It's a, it's a nice little town community. Oh, I love tractor pulls. Yeah, we go we go up there every year, and it's uh, it's free to get in, but it's ten dollars to park. So it's really hey, not free. let me tell you something. <laughs> You want to have fun. Yeah. You want to have fun? I, I want to have fun. Are you saying you... I, I, do you really want to have fun, or are you just saying you want to have fun? I'm just saying I want to have fun. But I do want to have fun. You know what's going on in town? What? They're already doing the setup for the carnival. Oh, the East Longmeadow East Carnival. East Longmeadow Carnival. You know what? That's something I haven't been to in about 20 years, and I think this is the year I'm going to go back. What the heck, Steve? Why, Why not? Why not? Why not? We, Why I mean, not? we work in this town. We might as well be present in this town. One year we were, we were there... And uh, we decided, you know, rather than, uh, you know, sit around all the all the uh, the gross and unwashed people that go to that uh, every year, we uh, we wanted to having a, having a nice uh, bunch of drinks and food at Donardo's in the on their patio, which is like right on Maple Street. Yeah. You could see everything. You could see the fireworks. You could see uh, you could see all the noise and the and uh, and the shuffling of people and the. The uh, the open containers of alcohol they were everywhere. It everywhere, was so, it was a great place to see everything. Beautiful place without actually having to be a part of it, which is even better. See, I would just park here and walk. Oh, I'm not from here. Please, I'm not going to do that. 
It's only a mile. I know. That's a long mile. That's not a long way to go. Listen, if I can't get a, a parking spot by the Chipotle, I don't even want to go. What Chipotle? Where's the Chipotle? Oh, it's in that plaza. Over yeah. There. I, where's the Chipotle? I have you no, ever been around this town? No, I forgot that there was a Chipotle yes, moved in there. There's a Chipotle right in town. Oh, we're moving up the ladder around here, aren't we? Between the Chipotle and the Joy Bowl, this place is really starting to explode. Well, look, we've solved all our road trip problems. It's 826 at Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic Rock Summer is driven by Leah Toyota of Wolverham. Experience the difference. Quality. 831. <laughs> Paxton Nagel at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon, Steve Nagel. We should really get a producer for this show. Yeah, you think so? Maybe. That uh, could be helpful. All right. Well, anyway, a woman accused of releasing bees on sheriff's deputies to stop an eviction at a Longmeadow home this past October is due in court today. Rebecca Susan Woods of Hadley is scheduled to be in Springfield District Court this morning. According to the Hamden County Sheriff's Office, on October 12th, Woods pulled up to an ongoing eviction on Memory Lane in Longmeadow in a blue Nissan Xterra. Uh, Woods left her dog in the car and immediately went to the beehives being towed by her SUV and tried to open the lids to unleash the bees. As Sheriff Deputy tried to stop Woods, but she made the bees angry and they started to circle the area. Woods then smashed the lid and flipped a hive off the flatbed, which made the bees very aggressive. The bees stung several officers and some of who were allergic and bystanders who were watching nearby. One officer was taken to the hospital for bee stings. Woods was put on a professional beekeeper suit to protect herself, then carried a tower of bees near the front door of the home to try to stop the eviction, which has been stop and go for nearly two years. At the front door of the home, she tried to agitate the bees more and was arrested by sheriff deputies and then booked into the Western Massachusetts uh, uh, Reginald uh, Women's Correctional Facility. Hmm. The Reginal, that's what they uh, yes. say. I do have uh, audio from this, uh, oh, this you particular do? incident. Right? Okay, this yeah. Is what it sounded like. Yeah, see, that's uh, that's how they that's, did that. Yeah, I I I knew one of the state cops that were uh, that were at that property when it happened, and uh, you know, I mean, it's like bees, man, bees. bees. How do you how do you conduct uh how do you conduct good sound police work when you're surrounded by a swarm of bees? You know, it's what it's one thing if you have to you know start get involved in a little fist fight and tackle uh, you know uh, uh, you know, tackle a suspect. That's something. But bees, man, bees. Bees are the way. Uh, it's just uh, that's. I scary. couldn't. I couldn't put up with that. I will not put up with infestation, even in Longmeadow. Uh, let's see, uh, Westfield. Several people are without a home uh, following a fire at a multifamily home in Westfield on Tuesday afternoon, according to Deputy Ch- Eric, Deputy Chief Eric Bishop of the Westfield Fire Department. Crews responded to a structure fire on Phelps Avenue at approximately 3:22 p.m. The home, which accommodated four families, was fully engulfed in flames upon their arrival. Westfield Fire Department received assistance from neighboring firing crews, including Agawam and West Springfield, as well as support from Barnes Air National Guard. Bishop added that all occupants of the home managed to exit safely without any injuries. Firefighters were able to bring the fire under control before it could spread to adjacent buildings, which was pretty lucky because did you see the size of this thing? Yeah, I did. It was uh, pretty frightening. It, it was very frightening. Um, but at least everybody got out okay, so that's the good that's news. That's good. A uh, construction company hired by Mass DOT is under fire after a Confederate flag 
was openly hanging off equipment along Route 2 in Fitchburg. Mass DOT confirms it was displayed on a Garrity asphalt truck, which is a subcontractor from Bloomfield, Connecticut. Mass DOT says it prohibits these kind of displays and told the company it would not be allowed to do any more work until the flag was taken down. The company posted a statement on Facebook saying posting anything political or controversial goes against company policy and appropriate action has been taken with the employee. So it was just like one guy. I'm going to put a Confederate flag up on this. You know, I'm, I'm Let's try to agitate everybody that drives by. I'm kind of surprised how there are still some people that will display these flags in public anywhere. You know, uh, the the argument to keep it hanging is not very good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I, I do remember I, I do remember this story that a professor told me in uh, at Westfield State that at one time years ago on the Westfield campus there was a there was a kid who was hanging a Confederate flag in the window of his dorm, which then set off this controversy. And this was you know going back over twenty years ago. Sure. Set off this controversy going, oh, my God, you going to let that kid hang the Confederate flag in the window and all this other stuff? And uh, th- th- apparently the kid was okay with, with taking it down, but he wanted to explain to everybody it wasn't had anything to do with race or, uh, you know, uh, being true to the South. His brother was a NASCAR driver and won a race. Okay. And one of the things that they gave him at that time was this— Confederate flag. Confederate Dixie flag thing, and he was just hanging it up because he was proud of his brother's accomplishment. You know, I don't... Yeah, but you know what? I get it, but... But but you're talking about 20 years ago where this... the, the climate of that conversation wasn't where it is now. It, right. And even if you were trying to, even if this were one of the grand prizes of the day, it's not something that you would necessarily no. hang today. I mean, I understand the, the importance of its historical value. I understand yes, that. I agree with that. But as far as displaying it, it, it shows a particular philosophical or political leaning that most people today would find offensive. Yes, I think uh, some and, people and, uh, might find that offensive. I find that anyone that, that posts a flag like like that or you know one that uh, you know specifically states a bold and sometimes offensive political message uh, makes you look like I, kind of a douche. I also uh, find uh, no matter what it is any kind of giant flag hanging off a back of a car or mm-hmm. pickup truck. Now, this is coming from a man who drives a minivan, so you'd think I wouldn't have anything to say about this. But you look douchier than I do when you're when you're driving around with something like that flying off your car. If you're right. if you're not part of an actual parade, now, I, I should point out I should I should draw the distinction that it doesn't really matter what your political point of view might right. be. It could be one thing or another or both. Yeah. You still look like a douchebag no matter how you display that uh, that information. You absolutely do. Yes. You uh, do. We actually have a couple of guests to get to, so I think we're going to we're going to do that. Okay. We can probably do them uh, one after another. Yeah, uh, we probably could. Exactly. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. Yeah, so a little uh, bit of a... let's end this and uh, and we'll get to that. How about that? Does All that right. work for you? Fair enough. All right. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be rainy with a high of 79, tomorrow sunny with a high of 83. It is 70 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel and that's the news on Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8:45. And Metallica. 
with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, rainy today uh, with a high of 79. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 83. It's 70 in downtown Springfield. And here with barbecue tips for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Judy Matt from the Spirit of Springfield. You know, I played the Metallica because I know Judy's an enormous fan of yes, uh, Kill Em All well, she and loves uh, Ride Master, the Lightning. Master of Puppets is her yeah, favorite. Yeah, that's her favorite. Yeah. Good to see you, Judy. Nice to be here. First of all, a couple of things. Um, thank you for uh, having me uh, join or rejoin the Bright Nights uh, ball ball tasting committee. Okay, wait a second. Let me let, back up. Beep, yeah. Beep beep. What happened to my invite to this? It's, I wanted to go to the ball tasting. Well, you're going to the ball. Let's see. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> you know what was what, what I thought was one of the best things for that tasting. Don't laugh because I'm not an asparagus lover, but they had this asparagus soup. You know, because they're trying to replicate the, the theme is a golden uh, guild, the Gilded Age, and they did soups. They didn't sell as much. Yeah. So this was, I don't know if you liked that, uh, uh, Bex, but I oh, I it loved was, it. Wasn't it good? It huh? was good. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, except for this, they've got to tell everybody that it's. I said to them after it was over, I said, but you got to be sure it's warm because you're going to get a lot. Well, it's supposed to be room temperature, but nobody told us that. Yeah, well. So I didn't know that it's supposed to be room temperature. So I'm going to be sure to say that somewhere so people won't think, oh, send it back because it's cold. Now, here, here's the the really remarkable thing. The Bright Nights Ball is already sold out. And I, I mean, I, that it, it's never happened this early in the year. No, we have a sellout. No, no, no. It's June. You know, the event is in November Incredible. And, and it is incredible. And But we had an early kickoff, you know, because um, Western New England University is is our uh, chairperson this year. They, and so they wanted to do uh, in April while school was going on and while they had trustees nearby. So we did it. And uh, and then the response was immediate. And I said, I think we sold the first 300 tickets in like less than maybe 10 days. And I'm like, oh, you know, you get nervous when it happens <laughs> that quick because mm-hmm. when it happens that quick – and you got all these months to go. I was, you know, kind of concerned, but it is sold out. And you know, maybe there'll be a shakeout. It's, you know, not things happen. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. But as of right now, we don't have these tickets left. Amazing. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Huh? Amazing. And then pretty cool. So and and, uh, and I, you know, the the problem with selling that early is there's a lot of people that you know typically go every year that may not get that chance because. Yeah, they couldn't have gotten uh, there fast enough. Well, we contacted everyone that's purchased a table in the past. I contacted all the people who have been my guests, every single one of them, and either got a yay and gave them deadlines, you know. And if they didn't, we called. We did the best we could. But they're, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody for Pete's sake. I need you next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't ever do that, you know, and people know me well enough, I think, to know that I don't, so... Yeah, it's a beautiful event, and we're looking forward to it in, in November. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, the reason you're here today, the 4th of July fireworks. Oh, is that why I'm here? Well, yes. You, yeah. I, I, I can only assume that. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you were going to talk about how Bright Nights already uh, is up right now and <laughs> ready right. to go. We're getting new stuff yeah. for Bright Nights. Everything is, we're in the middle of lots of things happening simultaneously. But yeah, the 4th of July in Springfield is on the 4th, and that's when we do the fireworks. And um, it's going to be a wonderful show I you know every year I'm saying the same thing but I think it is and because um, we have Gucci's and they just do a, a remarkable job for us and this is their 38th year of coming to Springfield we're one of their oldest running uh, customers wow. really that's mm-hmm. pretty cool yeah it is it is I mean it really is a, a spectacular display and I've you know I've seen you know we've all seen a bunch of uh, fireworks displays oh, but this yeah. is you know 
having everything come off the bridge and have the, the river lit up, yeah. I think it's just a it, it it really is kind of breathtaking. The closer you can get to the the bridge, uh, the really the more beautiful it is. I mean, I'll, I know from a distance, if you're up yep. on the up on the hill by Pignelli Park, you can kind of see stuff. But when yes, you're really can. when you're really down there, yeah, uh, it's awesome. Well, you know, because the bridge is high enough, um, we have they have uh, Grucci's has waterfalls, the fireworks that keep coming off the bridge. They use the bridge to the best advantage, you know. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, if we ever had, we could not move that to a ground display because it's all things coming down like this not just going in the air but right. the waterfalls to highlight that magnificent bridge and as again it's high enough you could go up state street you could see from there you can go a lot of places springfield country club has a beautiful vantage from there you know as yeah well. that's yep. pretty cool it, here's the best part yeah yeah since it's on the fourth uh and uh, there's not a lot of rain the forecast passed today all that all that raw sewage that's in the river won't oh. make it flammable. So that's really that's exciting. Oh, it'll be a nice, nice effervescent smell while you're watching. <laughs> it's colorful, it. yeah. Yeah. you know, which has an extra sparkle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, it, Wait, it really does. That, it, that pumping station can't be built fast enough. Oh, no, I know, no. I know, I know. But I love the water sewer department. They do such a great job, and we have such great water in the city. Anyway, so what, what do we have for uh, for entertainment? Uh, on well, the 4th? you know, we have uh, the activities start around six o'clock, and uh, we have for the young younger kids, we have um, you know face painting and balloon artists and Union Jack, the um, the '60s music British tribute band. I'm sure you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Is going to uh, to uh, perform starting at seven fifteen, and on nine thirty is when the fireworks go off, and it's a simulcast. And so it is, we have lots of food, batch ice cream, elegant affairs with pulled pork and beans mm-hmm. and hamburgers and sausage and grinders. We're going to have um, cotton candy and popcorn. And um, and I just, you're always so good to let me thank people. But of course, Mass Mutual is the big sponsor. Then Key Bank is sponsoring the music. But 90 Meat Outlet, American Medical Response, Charlie Armet Trucking, who gives us the flatbeds that go up on the bridge. Elegant Affairs, Joe Friedman Company, Mass Live, MGM, Springfield, Michael's Party Rentals, who gives us the tent, the tables, the chairs, Quality Beverage, Republic Services, who give us the boxes with the trash. Um, the Sheridan Springfield puts up the Gucci's, the Springfield Parking Authority, the Republican, tw- 22 News, and the Springfield Fire and Police, and Agawam Fire, Agawam Police, West Springfield Fire, West Springfield Police, Coast Guard, uh, underwater scuba teams. There's so many people to thank. And as I've said before, it takes a village. We just happen to be the conductor. The one, the one that just stood out for me was the Sheraton hosting the folks from Grucci. Yep. Do they all have do not disturb signs on their doors <laughs> after being a part of a fireworks show? Like, okay, enough. I can't take any more loud noise. You're right there. Hard to, hard to imagine any of the Grucci yeah. brothers making noise complaints in yeah. the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're so good to us over there. You know, Stacy Gravanis, who's the manager over there, I just call up and yeah, thank you. We'll be happy to comp you. So it's nice because it's, it's right there for the Gruchies. They just right. leave and walk out yeah. onto the ridge. It's not easy. And they start working at 11 p.m. They're going to be in for several days, of course. Right. But then on the 3rd at night, 11 o'clock at night, they work all through the night. You know, wow. So it's not easy. You well, know, it's not easy. If you were you know, going on that list, like, I, I, I mean, and it, I'm – I'm blown away every time there's a really great event that the Spirit of Springfield is involved in because there's so much coordination People in every event, whether it's whether it's the fireworks or, or uh, the Bright Nights Ball or the, the pancake breakfast or whatever it may be. There's always an enormous uh, 
process, almost a, a machine type of attitude to get these things done with such a small staff of people. It's, I mean, it's it's amazing that if you're gonna if you got a bunch of people, say the approximate size of your entire staff, and had them put a party together, <laughs> it wouldn't come even close to what the spirit of Springfield is able to do. Yeah, we're just. Well, you see, I named all those people, and they're like my staff for the day, you know, and they just, everyone wants to do it. They want to do a good job, and that's the important thing. You know, years ago, I went to a program called um, uh, in Disney, Disney Approach uh, to Excellence, and it's all about excellence. People want to be associated with a quality product, you know? Yeah. You know, and that's what it is, and if this failed, they probably, they wouldn't answer the phone next year. <laughs> So I hope yeah. I hope they keep answering the phone. <laughs> That's awesome, Judy Matt. It's great to see you. Fourth uh, of July fireworks on the Fourth of July, which is uh, that's an unusual uh, scheduling thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, uh, but if if it in fact does rain, then we try to get to the next night, right? Correct. Is that how we do that? Yeah. Okay, right, Judy. It's good to see you. Thank you. Absolutely. It's eight fifty four with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. G- Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 9.03, and John Mellencamp with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, cloudy to start, then some rain showers this afternoon with a high of 79. Tomorrow, uh, sunny with a high of 83. It's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. So, uh, you know, a lot of kids during the summer don't really have a whole heck of a lot to do. And uh, there are organizations that have been uh, created and designed to create things for kids to do during the summer. One of those organizations is a brand new one uh, called Hope for Youth and Family, the Hope and Youth for, uh, for, and Families Foundation. It was uh, founded by Bob Bulldog, the former owner of uh, a Pride uh, gas stations. In the studio with us right now to talk about is uh, Ali Schoen. It's good to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. First of all, t- tell us a little bit about the uh, the foundation and, and, and how Bob created this. Sure. Yeah. So after Bob, uh, well, Bob's always been a very giving guy, right? So even during his time, owning Pride, he always gave to the community. So he and his family um, decided that when he sold Pride that they would start the Hope for Youth and Families Foundation. Um, And the goal is really to just support um, the families and and youth in Springfield and provide them with the resources that they may not know are already existing. Um, And so we are hoping to really just bring some light to those communities and help support uh, the causes that are already there. Now, um, the, the the kinds of uh, the the population you're serving just is just is just Springfield. Right now, we're just focusing on the Springfield community uh, with the hope of expanding that in the future. But Bob is a local; he's from Springfield, um, and he really just wants to give back to the community that gave to him. Um, and so, right now, we're we're just focusing on Springfield. And uh, particularly, you're you're offering some programs at both Forest and Blunt Park. Tell us what uh, you guys got planned. Yeah, so we have an amazing summer program that we are building. Um, we're actually in training right now with all of our coaches. Um, so I'm I'm missing that, but I, I'd rather be here. So it's good. You're gonna coach? Oh no no no! I'm not coaching. You're sure about that? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know, (laughs) Um, but so we are uh, building a a wonderful program for Springfield uh, teens ages 12 to 18 um, who want to play sports in the summer. Um, The program is going to be at Forest Park Middle and Forest Park. And then also SciTech and Blunt Park. And we're, we're really appreciative of those principals who are helping um, and, and supporting us through the program. And, and how would uh, would a family go about signing up for uh, something like that? Yeah, so we have um, a awesome um, 
link on our website, uh, the Hope for Youth and Families Foundation dot org. Um, you can also call our office. Um, I'll, I'll throw the number out there so everybody get their pens ready. Um, it's 413-285-8886. And you can chat with us. We also have some Spanish interpreters available as well. So if any parents want to talk to someone in Spanish, we can do that. Um, and then also our Facebook page. Um, we have links to the application there as well. So the uh, it's, it's been explained to me. I mean, it's, uh, it's the sports enrichment programs. Yes. Tell us specifically about what kind of sports and activities you guys got planned. Yeah, so we are working with a ton of different coaches from AIC, Springfield College, um, and and their their current college students, and they're going to be our coaches for the year. So we have sports everywhere from volleyball, basketball, softball, tennis, track, golf. Um, wow. We're really trying wow. to hit it all. Um, right now, we have a lot of basketball players signed up, and we're really trying to expose kids to to some sports that they may not get the opportunity to do in high school. You know, when I was a kid, you know, in, in my hometown of Rehoboth, Mass, they had a summer athletic program there. It was mostly for like you know, uh, like you know, fifth to eighth grade students, ninth grade maybe. But it was like one of those programs that you know it meant everything to every kid in town, and every kid participated in it and this is this sounds very very much like that it's like the kind of thing that you know kids get bored in the summertime yeah. <laughs> kids get you know get, get antsy to have those kinds of activities fun stuff for them to do a lot with their friends and maybe people that you don't know around the city it's it's a fantastic idea yeah we're really excited about it i think it's great that you're offering so many different options because uh, you know a lot of the kids i i mean i come from a small community and and, and basically soccer is the big thing and because you don't have enough money to, to spread out for other sports, so I think it's I think it's a great uh, thing that you guys are doing because you're you're opening up opportunities for for kids to see that there are other things available than what the finite number of sports they might have at their own school. Yeah, no, totally. Thank yeah. you. And I forgot to. It's completely free, one hundred percent free. Our foundation, and we have a couple other folks behind us who are helping us um, support this. Um, so we're really excited to offer it. Um, and we found that there's not a whole lot of free opportunities for kids in this age group. No. Um, so we really want to be able to support them and, and mentor them and, and have a great summer. Again, so. this is Allie Schoen from the uh, Hope for Youth Families, uh, Youth and Families uh, Foundation. Again, if someone wanted to find out how they could participate or volunteer, uh, what's the uh, the number of the website? Yeah, so the website is the Hope for Youth and Families Foundation .org. Um, You can also check out our Facebook page, and then you can call the office at 413-285-8886. Very good. Allie Schoen, good to see you. Thank you for, Thanks, for coming Thanks in. Thanks, so much for Appreciate having me. Appreciate it's, it. It's uh, 908 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102.